Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staffleteed Spilling the Tea, your favorite education podcast. I want to thank you all for your love and support for this show, and I want to let you know that season one is coming to a close. But before then, while I got you, let's get into this week's episode. There's the bell. Time for class. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. It is my pleasure to have on Miss Smith, Miss Ryan, Miss Smith, whatever her kids call her nowadays. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. What's the official title? Do you Are you 100% Smith now? Or are you still Ryan? I go by both, depending on what year the kid is. A lot of my seniors know me as Ryan still, but most of my freshmen, sophomores know me as Smith. Legally, I'm still Ryan. Okay, cool. All the right, name well, we changing process is way too difficult. Yeah, it, it, it's rough. And my wife and I did the same thing. We, we switched over like after two years of marriage. That's um, about where we are. Maybe quarantine will give me the, the push to finally do it. There you go. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let you introduce yourself to the audience um, and kind of let everybody know at Verina what you know sort of hats you wear. Um, club sponsors, coach, teacher, what subject. Kind of tell everybody what's going on. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. I miss everyone. Um, I wear a lot of hats at Verina. Depends on the day and the time of day. First and foremost, I'm a biology teacher and AP environmental science teacher. Um, I also coach cheerleading. Shout out to all of my cheerleaders. I miss all of them as well. Um, Lots of fun things happening right now as senior class sponsor as we navigate what a quarantine graduation looks like. Um, And also, I took on a new hat this year as an admin aide, and I have loved learning and growing through that position as well. Very neat. And have you have you looked into start an admin program soon? Is that kind of on hold for quarantine? What's that looking like? I have. Before quarantine, it was still a go. I'm starting at Longwood in the fall for an admin program, which will Woo-hoo. be which will also be very interesting as well as we um, navigate through these quarantine times and I get to go back to school virtually along with my kids. <laughs> so you can relate to them on another level? Sure can. Really neat. And so let's um Let's kind of get into the graduation talk and, and senior class sponsor, especially during quarantine. Is it, do you find it more challenging because like graduation is now going to be at a racetrack? Like kind of what's been some struggles, but what's been going really well? I think the biggest struggle has so far been seeing some of the disappointment that has hit our students, our graduating seniors. Um, they really are a special class and we are going to remember this class. The world is going to remember this class for a very long time. But trying to put a positive spin on things, we're trying to realize how much more community involvement and support and opportunities they have besides what the normal graduation would look like um, because of the situation we're in. So taking this time to be grateful for what we still can do, they have a great um, opportunity to be able to go to RIR in the beginning of June to celebrate their graduation and, you know, lots of virtual outreach that the community is doing to further support our local graduates. That's been really great to see. Yeah, and I've connected with some seniors because my first year at Verina, these seniors were sophomores. So I got to teach some of them and and get to know pretty much all of them. Shout out to the senior class um, as we've been going through this. And and some of them reached out to me and been like, yeah, I'm not doing this racetrack thing. It's lame. And I'm like, what? Like, you need to be doing this. Like, get in the car with your family, ride around the racetrack, 
see Miss Seely wave the flag, take your photo. Like, you're going to remember this for a lifetime. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Even my husband was saying, can I get in a car and join? That sounds like the greatest opportunity ever instead of sitting there for hours and just waiting for your name to be called. I think it's awesome. Yeah, if I can, I see if I can get in the pace car and if there's room in the back, I'll see if I can save a spot for Garrett. There you go. <laughs> he would appreciate that. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. I don't have any pull whatsoever, so it's probably not going to happen. But if it happens, I'll let him know. So you've you mentioned how you want the kids, you know, to kind of be grateful for what they have. Um, have you connected with seniors who, who are a little down right now? And, and what have you done to kind of help them out? I have. Um, specifically, my AP students, they just navigated, which I'm so proud of them. They just navigated um, taking their AP exam on Monday through, you know, these tough times. I wasn't there in person with them to help them review. We had to do it virtually or um, setting up calls before and after the exam to kind of ease their minds. It's a stressful time. It's stressful for them because they're not in person with you. And it's stressful for us to try to get them to, you know, still be successful from wherever they may be at home. Um, So many of our kids are in wildly different situations and you kind of have to approach it on a case-by-case basis. So, um, you know, just being there, being a positive role model and putting our own struggles aside to help them as we usually do as teachers has been, you know, in my forefront as we, as we help those seniors out. Very cool. Very cool. And, and, you know, you were mentioning teaching and, and your AP students. Um, how has the challenge been teaching an AP class or, or has it been no challenge at all? You've just been rocking and rolling with it. It's been a challenge for me just because this is my first year teaching an AP class. The amount of just information and constant changes in communication from College Board and, you know, our AP team at, at Verina, that has been brand new for me. So then to have everything switch up, you know, second semester, right before we go out to finish our content for the year and prepare for the AP exam, that's been an adjustment as well. Um, and also being the only AP environmental teacher at Verona, the ball's kind of in my court in terms of what class looks like mm-hmm. since I am the apes team. Um, so I've actually been in very close contact and shout out to Don Sherwood at Highland Springs. She has been a fantastic mentor. She has been teaching this class for years and she has kind of taken me under her wing and um, really encouraged me. And I really appreciate her for all of her hard work and dedication to her kids as well as mine. Well, and that's one thing I love about Henrico, you know, at Verina, we have a great staff, but if you need assistance, you need help, you need guidance, support, you know, you got so many other schools of teachers that are willing to help out, you know, even a Springer helping a blue double, you know, happens. Um, absolutely there's a rival but there's some deep love there too I love that that might be the show title a rival but it's some deep love. there you go <laughs> um, let's also talk about admin aid how is it you know being a first year admin aid because for me this is my third year's admin aid at Verina I did two at a middle school and so I it's hard for me to think back to like the admin aid days and and juggling like my duty period admin aid and teaching how how was that for you this year? Great. Um, it's really pushed me outside of my comfort zone. Um, I have loved learning the processes that, you know, work on the back end of our school, um, being part of the VSIP 
um, development of one of those plans for the communication action team has been great. Um, I truly do and have developed a deeper understanding and appreciation for just the entire planning process of making our school function. And I have really greatly appreciated that. I think a lot of people think that, um, you know, a lot of things you do is just discipline and, you know, talking to kids and coaching kids and communicating with parents. But that I think is really where I have thrived and grown most is, you know, dealing with a team of people um, and just kind of, you know, learning and developing those lifelong learning skills that we try to establish in our kids. Yeah. And, and one thing that I, I learned about it is I, I did one year admin aid like you before I started a program just to kind of see what it was like, get my feet wet. And it, from that first day of being an admin aide, doing my first referral or classroom observation, I felt like I started to become a better teacher. And then after I did my program, um, I just felt like I was such a better classroom teacher because I was understanding how the school was functioning outside my four walls. Yes, exactly. Did you sort of see the same thing this I year? I did, yes. And that's kind of what has strengthened my appreciation process for everything we do. I know sometimes as teachers, classroom teachers, we can get overwhelmed by the amount of stuff, we'll call it. Um, but I think I have really been able to place and categorize why and where that stuff comes from and the importance of, um, you know, just putting as much effort into everything we are asked to do as possible, because ideally at the end of the day, it's, it's not for anyone we work with. We do it for our kids. Mm -hmm. And we, we do everything for our kiddos. I'm a hundred percent on board with that message. So let's kind of spill the tea as to what you do well inside the four walls of your classroom or what you do well, you know, outside the four walls, but within Verina high school, you spill the tea to all the listeners as to what Miss Ryan Smith does very well. What I do well, a lot of the kids probably wouldn't agree with me. By the end of the year, <laughs> I can get them on board with it. Um, I really try my best to push kids out of their comfort zone and with myself as well. As well, um, Starting at Verina, I had some major challenges. I started halfway through the year in February 2016, and nothing could have prepared me in school, in my student teaching experience. Nothing could have prepped me for starting a year halfway through when these kids had seen a couple teachers um, and, you know, different forms of what structure looked like from each of those teachers within that school year. Um, you know, I was tested by students while at the same time trying to figure out who I was as a brand new teacher, um, as well as in a brand new city and a brand new county. I'm not from Virginia. I'm not from Richmond, um, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So the school that I attended and the school that I student taught at, they were very similar. So I really wasn't pushed there. But um, kind of taking that and filtering that and putting that as my main focus of teaching is I am who I am today as a teacher because I was pushed and because I was challenged and tested. And I want to continue to do that with my kids. Um, I do a lot of mind mapping and anchor charting. I don't direct lecture. And a lot of kids don't like that. They love that structure. Um, but kind of trying to get them to develop and understand different ways that their mind works and make connections through content. 
um, and realizing that, you know, sometimes some of the best learning experiences happen, happen from forming those aha moment connections and not necessarily from me standing there telling you how something works. So I think that's one of my biggest strengths in the classroom is pulling that effort out of the kids that they didn't know they had by thinking differently. Well, and, and one shout out I definitely want to give to you is, and it might have happened before this year, but I know this year, you know, you started pushing kids out of their comfort zone day one with like get to know you activities in the classroom. I mean, I would see you like outside in the lawn with a group of kids in a circle and you were either doing content or team building. Um, but do you, do you, you really find that pushing them out of that comfort zone really helps them inside the classroom and outside the class? Yes, I love modeling using the students. I love having them build biological representations with themselves and having to communicate um, you know, within whatever model we're building outside in the field, right outside of 702. Um, yeah, that's, that's been very, very rewarding for me to see the learning happen through that way. Well, and we have, we share, you know, a bunch of students, but I had some students this year who went from my first block to your either second or third, and they would be like, all right, I got called her this morning. Boom. This is great. Oh, I'm going to Miss Smith. Even better. Like they just like, were pumped because half their day they were kind of either being pushed or going to be kind of in a fun, engaging class. So, um, you know, you definitely have a lot to offer to the staff out there. Is there anything else you think you do really, really well? I mean, I'm sure the list is long, but besides pushing kids out the comfort zone, anything else you'd like to share? Um, not that I can think of. I, those are, those two are the, the two items I usually keep in my forefront and, you know, try to stem everything cool. else I do from, from those things. Very cool. And so on the topic of, you know, you offering a lot to others, what's it going to take to get you on Twitter? So I am on Twitter. Um, oh, are I you? I am on Twitter. I have not tweeted. It's my personal account. I have not tweeted from that account, I think, honestly, since like 2016. And I have tried to reset it so many times to make um, a Twitter to reflect what we're doing at VHS. Um, so I'm still, you know, in, in the pro- just like changing my name. It's on the list. Yeah. Well, that needs to be done before next school year because you need to be pumping out what you do in the classroom to not only help science, bio, chem, any science teacher, but any teacher out there because you do a lot where they could see it in a photo and steal it and adapt it for their class. Um, so make that work, Miss Smith. Well done. Um, so let's, let's get into um, teachers starting off their school year next year. Um, what's, what's some advice, some lessons you might've learned? What are some things that someone can learn from you to help them be a better teacher or staff member next year? Um, I think that kind of talks about what, you know, what we kind of just did with just adapting and being constantly willing to change and being pushed outside of your comfort zone. Um, I should have mentioned that through these things, you're building relationships with your kids. First and foremost, a kid might, you know, fight you and push back until they trust you um you need to build that trust before you do anything else and that's kind of what i do with my kids as i was mentioning you know the mind maps and finding these different ways of note taking and thinking and learning and modeling um you know using each other building that trust they sometimes they really just need that extra push to understand that they can do it and giving them choice in doing so as well um i have had some great 
great success in when you give a student choice on how to do something, they will trust you better because they know you're for them. Um, and just modeling those, you know, lifelong learning skills. I actually myself pushed myself out of my comfort zone last summer. Unfortunately, this summer couldn't really do it because of COVID and things like that. But I applied for a program called Hero T through VCU. And what this did is it was through the School of Education. But um, I also got to work with pharmacology and toxicology as well um, in the medical school at VCU. And basically what this did is it gave us this hands-on research experience. And I worked in an opioid lab, a drug lab. We were, you know, there were rats and I was hooking them up to machines and, you know, IV bags of hard opioids and doing all these tests and things and learning. And then through the School of Education, we would take that research process and that learning and we would kind of transform it in terms of how we can apply the skills that we learned about that scientific process into our classroom. So, um, you know, being able to I know I keep saying it, push yourself out of your comfort zone. I was definitely taken to a different level, I think, as a teacher through that process, just because here I am as a science teacher from Brown High School, walking into this medical lab of researchers who I automatically assume are way smarter than I am. So automatically, (laughs) I feel inferior. And I take that and I kind of try to see where some of my students who are more closed-minded are um, and even just making that connection with myself and how I felt and how some of our students might feel sometimes I think that is a great position to put yourself in do something that might allow you to better relate to some of those kids that are harder to get to one of the biggest recommendations I have and again circling back to that trust establishment I think that will really help build that relationship very cool. And I like that. You know, it's been a constant message all episode. Adapt, you know, constantly change and push yourself um, to be the best. And I think we're be. all doing that right now anyway. None of us signed up to be online teachers. Yeah, trust me, I would not have if that was what college For would have sure. me. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest realizations I have made during this time at home, um, you know, during this COVID crisis is I've realized how much more I feel like I'm working because when I was teaching, I didn't feel like I was working. Yeah. No. And I'm, I'm like going to bed even more tired after a day of like online learning and phone calls, because I just feel like the clock moves so much slower than me being on campus, connecting, making connection with kids and, you know, teaching, being an admin aide, whatever I'm doing. Yeah, and it really encourages me to decrease my amount of screen time once we do get back to school face-to-face. Like, no, let's forget all of these online assignments. Let's do things together. Let's renew that face-to-face interaction. Yeah, and and you and I can definitely do that because health and PE, science, you can get get your hands dirty, you know, and the kids like that. Sure can. Um, I know one of the hat you you wore this year and no guest has mentioned this. So I want to kind of get a little bit out of you is you were a student teacher mentor. I was. Yes. So you had a, you had a student teacher. Can you kind of talk about like what's it like to have a student teacher 
give the reins up a little bit, you know, stuff like that. Just touch yeah, on that. So I, if anyone knows me, you guys know I'm a control freak. I'm a very type A personality. <laughs> so B, I was actually approached um, through the program that I had mentioned through VCU and the School of Education if I would be willing to take a student teacher. Um, and, you know, with ob- obvious approval and everything that I went through with Verena, I said, well, I guess it's time to get uncomfortable again. And I took student teacher and eventually I had to, you know, give her control, hand over the reins, which didn't sit well with me at first, but um, the advisor from VCU that placed her with me, she did a fantastic pair up job. Um, We had a great, we had a great experience. I truly feel bad with how it ended because Sarah didn't get to finish her time at Verina. She loved Verina so much. Um, But yeah, I, I really, I had a great student teacher mentor myself. Um, you know, I know I said earlier that I, demographic wise, um, teaching wise, things like that, it wasn't much different from the school that I had went to as a high schooler. So I, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily, you know, where I learned the most, but I had a great great mentor and I wanted to provide that for someone else as well but it was nice to see someone grow and develop and build relationships with kids that you already were established with in your own classroom setting um so you know I wonder how people took that when they saw me growing and establishing as a teacher and it was really cool to be able to offer that up to somebody else well and you're you're a young young teacher you know when you told me like you know I'm gonna have a student teacher in the spring I was like what I was like, I know you're good, but you're able to take that on at such a young age. So more power to you. And I'm sure your student teacher learned a bunch from your kids. I sure and hope you. so. And if she, you know, if she doesn't feel that way, she learned how to teach through a pandemic as well. So. Yeah. Huge life, life lesson that we're not, you never learned. In right. Talk about adapting. Yeah. Um, so it's the time of the show now where you can kind of give some shout outs. So. You know, shout out to anybody in your department, at your school, senior class, you know, whomever you want to give a shout out to. Can I shout out everyone? I miss everyone so much. Um, Yesterday when I cleaned out my classroom, I about cried tears of joy when I passed Aaron Rose in the parking lot. It was so good to see someone um, that we work with. Um, You know, science department, my cheerleaders, I miss y'all so much. Our senior class, we've got some big plans. We'll see you soon. Um, Huge shout out to Janae Jones and Katie Noah. These two people have kept a sense of normalcy for me. Janae, if anyone knows Janae, you guys all know that she is just the glue and positivity that pulls us all together, whether it be an email, a text, a Zoom meeting. Um, Katie Noah, I miss you so much drinking my coffee with you in the cafeteria in the morning. Her and I already have our first day of school outfits picked out for the next year since we haven't been wearing real clothes. You know, I, I won't lie. I won't hide that. We've, we've been talking about it. Um, but yeah, I just miss everyone so much. Very cool. And if, if listeners out there want to get a little bit more from Miss Janae Jones, Boston, episode four, she was on um, and she, she gave it to y'all. So I would, I would definitely go back and listen to episode four if you have not heard that, but thank you, Miss Ryan Smith, Meg. Um, you know, it's, it's really nice having you on this podcast because you know even being friends outside of school um you bring it to Verina every day the kids the staff everyone you interact with gets your 100 percent. and so I definitely wanted to get you on here and um you know you brought it today 
you brought a new message that really hasn't been said on any of my episodes. Uh, so I just want to thank of you so course. much. Of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This was fun. Going on Education Nation, this is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. It is my pleasure to introduce to you uh, ex-ed uh, department chair, co-department chair, um, Michelle Andrews. Hello, everyone in Education Nation. How are things going? Um, they're not going too badly. Um, we here in ex-ed have had a lot of paperwork and compliance issues to really try to focus on and drill down on and uh, get ourselves together, making sure that our kids are getting services in this new technical online world. But I think we're making it. Very cool. Very cool. I definitely want to dive into that in a little while. Um, give the staff of the Spill in the Tea listeners a little insight on your background and how you got into education. Well, I have a pretty, uh, I think, interesting and varied background. I, when I graduated from college, I was not clear on what I wanted to do. So I just did a lot of different things, including running a bike messenger company, playing in a band, um, taking pictures at a tourist attraction and sort of just bounced around for 10 years. And then I saw a poster in New York City where I lived, which said, uh, you remember your first grade teacher's name, who will remember yours? And I thought, oh, yeah, I could teach. That would be great. I, I've always liked school. I would be a good teacher. And it was really just sort of on a whim. And it turned out I really liked it and I'm really into it. And I'm actually pursuing um, my doctorate right now in uh, leadership and special education and just uh, want to help kids do better. So I've been something that was sort of a spur of the moment became a passion. So Very cool. Very cool. And then how did you end up at Verona? Well, um, I moved to Virginia eight years ago, and I was teaching in the juvenile detention center. Um, and uh, my a friend of mine, a person whom I worked with, his wife was the department chair at Verona in exceptional education. And I said that I wanted to uh, move to a comprehensive high school. And I met her, and she said, well, we have positions open. You should interview. And so I did. Very cool. Well, we are certainly lucky to have you. And Personally, you know, I would be missing out on one of my really good friends right now. So uh, thank you for coming to Verona. Well, thank you for coming to Verona because it has been a blast. Well, you and I came the same year, right? This is our third year. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. So we are we are still sort of newbies in the eyes of the vets. But, you know, I think we put our time in. And and definitely uh, we've spent many, many minutes in the cafeteria together. So I think that that counts double. I I. I completely agree with you and bus ramp and all that fun stuff yeah <laughs> what are you missing more right now what duty are you really missing uh, I don't know if I'm missing any duty in particular but <laughs> I'm definitely missing the kids um I really am not having a good time with this uh all adults all the time life that I have now I really want to <laughs> get back to interacting with my students more on a daily basis yeah, I'm with you. If I had to answer that, I think I would go bus duty. <laughs> I, I love me some bus duty. Whether I'm doing the waves or not, just being out there with all the kids, the staff will be members that come out there that day, and just interacting with them at the end of the day, it's it's always something fun. Well, if I have to go the other way, I miss lunch duty the least. So. 
Very cool. Hey, so explain to um, all the listeners out there the many, many hats you wear um, real quick before we dive into spilling the tea. Oh, wow. Okay. So my biggest hat is the bliss teacher. And so that is the uh, behavior learning intervention support services. And that's for kids who need some help controlling their behavior in the classroom environment. Um, And one of my other hats is the um, special ed department co-chair, exceptional ed, um, just keeping all our kids uh, who need services at the top of my brain and making sure that everything that they need is available to them. Um, and just, you know, my wonderful, wonderful teachers and my wonderful co-chair and my wonderful, wonderful administrator, uh, Ms. Katie Noah, help with that process immensely. Uh, the teachers in my department are amazing. Couldn't do it without them. And then my final hat is administrative aid, which I do with you. Uh, yep. <laughs> M&A team, we're the best. And that is just helping out the administrators with campus-wide security, campus-wide recognition of students, um, just anything that an administrator needs help with. Yep. And I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed doing that with you and you know Megan and Sanchez out there just because we we work so well. I feel like as a team. You know, I always joke like best admin, best admin aid team in the county, hands down. But, you know, Listen. if others are listening out there, feel free to, you know, come back at me. I'll have you on the show and you can brag about your team. No, no, you're right. We're the best. <laughs> so let's like spill the tea on what you do really well. Like what does Michelle Andrews do well at Verona High School? I think I'm pretty good at building relationships with students who maybe other people have trouble understanding and building relationships with um, and just getting them to try to take school seriously and, um, you know, moving them towards that education and towards, towards graduation, which is Mm -hmm. the ultimate goal. Um, You know, we want them to be well-rounded citizens and, we want them to learn the content, but we also want them to understand that the goal is crossing that stage and being one of those three E's, you know, enrolled, employed, or enlisted, and understanding how what we're doing at Verina is geared towards that, geared towards their adulthood, not just geared towards compliance, which I, I think a lot of kids, um, especially the ones who have some trouble with their behavior, they don't really perceive that long-term goal they just think well you know i'm here i have to be at school and these guys are telling me what to do and it's just because the teachers and the administrators and the rest of the faculty want them to do something we just want to see them obey and that's not Mm -hmm. that's not really what it's about and getting them to understand that requires that deep dive into getting to know them and fortunately my job has the flexibility where i can spend that time with students and try to get to know them better and do things like with them, like play bliss basketball or, um, you know, <laughs> uh, walk around campus for two hours, kind of chasing them around and getting in their head. Um, so I, I think that that's one thing that I do really well is that's, that's that skill of just making that connection with kids who have behavior problems. And so it, it's interesting. You bring up the three E's because none of my guests have brought them up yet. And how do you help them identify which route they should go? Do you kind of like spot their interest? Like, 
Do they kind of just bring it up to you in conversation? How do you help them figure out those one of those E's that applies to them and help guide them in that direction? I think that, that it's, it's case by case. Um, so you just don't know how that's going to work until you get to know a student. And a lot of students uh, who I encounter are not thinking deeply about what happens after high school. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're just not focused on it. And a common answer that I hear is, well, I want to be an entrepreneur, which is, you know, that's great. I, I love that you want to be in business for yourself, but how, what's, what's your first step in getting there? How do you, an entrepreneur and what? And so I think the, the, bringing it back to focusing on what does that mean, defining what they really want to do for themselves. And it's, it's just a matter of really having a lot of conversations with that student and getting to know what their interests are and trying to focus them on something that is possible um, and not just, well, I'm going to start my own business in what I don't know and with what money I don't know and how that's going to work out. <laughs> I don't know, but that's what I want to do. Um, so it's sort of getting them to see all the steps involved in getting to their goal and how uh, Verona and their education fits into that. Gotcha. Very cool. And um, for, you know, you being a co-ex-ed department chair, any, any skills you do in that field that could maybe help out another department chair out there? What are some things you do well or, or pride yourself on? Well, this is my first year as co-chair, and I, I'm not seeing all the things I do well yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of seeing all the things that didn't go too well this year that I want to improve on next year um, in just in terms of communication and deadlines. And there are a lot of compliance things that really other departments don't have to deal with. And I, I really want to work on defining roles um, so that mm -hmm. teachers really know exactly what they should do. And, and I think that that will help other departments just in terms of what are the ex ed teachers supposed to be doing and how does that fit in uh, to the overall picture at Verona. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to share any uh, great skills that I have as department chair <laughs> because I'm not sure I have any. No, no. I mean, I would say, you know, being in your ex ed meetings, you, you run a really smooth meeting. You have a clear agenda, you know, that some department chairs may or may not have. And, you know, you roll through it and you address the questions. And sometimes you're afraid, you know, you're not afraid of saying, I don't know. I'll get back. To you. Well, because and I think that that's huge. Well, that's often very true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Great question. But you, but you always get the information back to us. You know, I'm with you. I'm learning X ed this year. So there's a lot of things I don't know, but I'm, I'm trying to learn. So, you know, being in that room with you, Katie, Noah, Jake Yoki, and just kind of going through that, you know, the meetings and soaking up all the information. Um, you do a really nice job at running meetings. Well, thank you. Well, of course. So what are one or two things, you know, a teacher, a staffity member, um, a department chair, another bliss teacher out there, what are one or two things that you could recommend to someone um, to do starting next year to really help them be the best educator, staffly member they can be? Well, I think one thing that 
really uh, stuck with me this year. Um, Miss Seeley gave me a book on leadership. It was uh, a Brene Brown book. And one thing that she said that I really tried to live by this year was to go with the assumption that everyone's doing their best. Um, and if you look at things through that lens, you can see, well, you know, if this person's doing their best, it's not that they're malicious or they're, you know, and this applies to adults and to students. And, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is not the way this particular student learns and we have to try something else. Or maybe this is not the way this adult works and we have to try something different. Maybe this isn't the right role for that particular adult. Maybe this isn't the right class to pursue for that particular student. So I, I think that that sort of having a little bit of patience with people and just starting from the point of what if that person's doing their best, you, you can reframe the problem and then you, you kind of keep yourself from getting too agitated or irritated and, um, <laughs> and, and look for solutions that might help instead of just saying, Hey, you have to try harder because if that person's doing yeah. their best, there is no try harder. And it, yeah. it just reframes the problem. And I, I found that very helpful this year. And I would recommend that to everyone. It, it, it does really help keep your levels of frustration down too. <laughs> you just say, <laughs> okay, there's no point in being mad about this. Just have to find a different way to approach it. Without using names, um, how have you coached or, or used that with a specific individual? Can you give us like an example of like, where you've, you know, you've seen them, they're doing their best, um, the motto that you're kind of living by this year, but still, how did you help them or work with them to help fix whatever they might've been doing wrong? Well, with students, it's just all finding um, different ways that they can learn, giving them better frameworks to uh, get to an understanding of something. Um, I've had students who, no content and just can't organize their thoughts. Um, and, and so if they're not producing, that means that we need to give them something else so that they can show what they've learned. Um, okay. I, I don't think I can talk about adults because everybody knows who they are and what I've helped them <laughs> with. So <laughs> I'll just leave that one off the table. Very fair. That's fair. Well, neat. And then is there anything else you would recommend? You know, like I said, you and I have transferred into a school. It was three years ago, but anybody who might be coming into a new work environment, something that you would recommend them doing? Um, I think that if anyone's coming into Verona in particular, I think that I would encourage them to definitely eat Ferris lunch on Wednesdays. That is one of the things I miss the most. <laughs> <laughs> if you go through your Twitter, it's like every other one is like a Ferris lunch. Um, but I, I think not only just because the food is great, which the food is great, but it, it also, you know, you cement that camaraderie, um, sharing a meal together. I think that's a very important thing that Verona does is, is have that point of contact with other adults um, mm-hmm. once a week. And I think it's, it's, a great way that community gets built and the Verona family stays strong. And I think that if you allow yourself to be embraced by the Verona family, 
you you will be happy at Verina. Um, and I think that I would just recommend that to everyone that they come into it and look at the Staffelty as a cohesive group because even though sometimes we fight, every family mm-hmm. is like that. <laughs> um, and so I, I just recommend that sort of having an open mind and, and being ready and willing to embrace your pa- your peers and be embraced in return. Very cool. And I, I will say with the Ferris lunch, you know, that making the connections with the staff the members are in there is, is definitely something interesting. But I also like, you know, getting served by the kids because you get to build that relationship with the ones, you know, serving you food. You know, there, there's one particular young lady who's like we're always working the drinks and she knows like I don't want a sugary drink. So as soon as I'm coming through the line, it's bam, here's Calder's water. You know, I don't have to say anything. And, you know, it's neat to build those relationships with those students because they're in there doing their best to your point earlier. They're in there doing their best and they're making some incredible meals. Absolutely. And, and that is one point of contact that I have with kids who may not have IEPs and who, you know, I probably wouldn't interact with on a regular basis. And I absolutely miss those kids and, and, Definitely my, the seniors, you know, some of the senior servers, I, I have said, I've said on Twitter, you know, that I'm devastated not to be able to have a final goodbye with them and, and see them graduate. And it's just one of those things where, you know, this is my third year of running. So now this is a senior class that I've really gotten to know. And uh-huh. this would have been sort of my first graduation where I'm just going to be crying giant happy tears as they walk across the stage. And the fact that we're not getting that is really, it's sad, but I, I hope that they are going to do really, really well because they're great kids. Yeah, this class of 2020 is definitely something special. And to your point, it's like the first group I've gotten to know. And so it's, it's neat. It would have been neat to kind of see that culminating product in the Seagull Center. And like you, volunteers. Um, because you pretty much know every kid walking across that stage. Right, right. So I'm I'm going to miss that. And, you know, making those connections with those kids has been great. And, and it, you know, we wouldn't, I wouldn't have that without that uh, lunch program. So, you know, and, but there, it's not just the lunch program. There are many ways around the school where you can connect with kids who you don't necessarily see in your classes. So people should be open to and that. any other ways you would like to any other ways you'd like to spill the tea for the, the listeners of ways that you connect with kids who might not be on a caseload or and ferris's lunch um just just by being visible at clubs um go to the library and i i guess some of that comes along with the admin aid territory um going to games but these are things people can do <laughs> without having to be assigned to them I know I've certainly gone to my share of games that I wasn't working at technically. Um, and I've gone to um, some after school club meetings, even though I, I don't run a club. Um, just mm-hmm. different ways to get to know kids um, that you are not necessarily teaching or who aren't assigned to you. Because it's a nice big community. and There are a lot of things going on at Verina that maybe people don't know about, but they're 
are a lot of different clubs and a lot of things for kids to get into beyond athletics, but they're all had a great athletics too. Yeah. And, and like you said, definitely more than athletics. Those are, there are a lot of those they are huge and they're entertaining, but like plays or concerts, I mean, they're all, they're all things where you can go see and meet yeah. new students. And just show your support for the kids who are doing things that are above and beyond to make our community just more well-rounded. Yeah, no, I got you. So, so we're kind of wrapping up the show today. Um, this is your time to give any shout outs um, that you might want to give. Um, before well, I already shouted out Katie Noah, who is ex-ed administrator uh, extraordinaire. Um, and all my ex-ed teachers, my team has been amazing this year. Uh, Jake Gilkey and I, this is our first year as exceptional ed chairs. And our team has really sort of stepped up and been like, hey, yeah, we're going to all do our best. And we know you guys don't have all the answers, but we trust you to guide us in, in a good direction. And, and it's been wonderful. Um, thanks to Ms. Seeley, who gave me the opportunity. Um, and all of the administrators have, have been I, – I just love everybody at Verina. I, I could just go on for an hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm an A team and these people and the kids and, <laughs> and the English department and the math department. So, um, but I definitely have, have had a great year and I'm sorry that we're not getting to end it, but in a weird way, this has also been a learning experience. So, you know, we're, we're learning as we go. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And, and as I said on another episode, um, hopefully we learn from this. So if something were to ever happen again, where we would need to shut the school building, but keep learning going, you know, we have at least a blueprint to work from. Or, you know, even if it's not perfect, we already have a plan that we can learn from this time to help us be more successful. Exactly. In the like, I think next year, you know, when we're teaching, we need to be teaching the kids how to use the online platform we use. Like, I think, like, no matter what grade it is, no matter what student is, AP, gen ed, whatever, we need to be teaching the kids how to remotely learn and maybe incorporate that. It's not a terrible idea because even if this pandemic situation never happens again, the technology exists. So the genie's kind of out of the bottle. And that's going to be more expected of them in the workplace as we go forward. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Staffordy spilling the tea. I really, really enjoyed having you on. Um, I love all the guests I get on, but you know, when I get someone I work with, um, it makes the, spe- it makes the episode even more special. So I really appreciate you coming on, spilling the tea, opening your life. Uh, to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And I hope everybody enjoyed listening to my ramblings. There you go, tea drinkers. That was an episode of Staffleti Spilling the Tea. I want to thank you for steeping in our episode. And do me a favor and go give us a four or five star review and click that subscribe button so you get future episodes. This has been real. This has been fun. And this has been real fun. Till next time. See ya.